Hello and welcome to the Airbike Podcast. Today we have Ross, Rizard and Alex, myself. Today we have a, another design-orientated podcast. We're going to be chatting about designers learning to code and, you know, the pros and cons of that and just kind of getting their general thoughts. So, Rizard, do you want to kick us off with a bit of background um, with your kind of development experience or how much of that there is? Well, I mean, I've been doing HTML stuff since secondary school, but um, actually learning to code properly um, two, three years ago before full-time work. Um, and it's when I hit full-time work that I realized how much I needed to learn in terms of development. So, yeah, as the years have gone by, I've become much better in HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. Um, and yeah, that's my very brief background of development. Mm-hmm. And what kind of made you realize that when you started working full-time in design, that the importance of, you know, learning some, some code? Well, just in t- um, general for learning different elements, um, just, yeah, for that relationship with the developer in terms of what things I need to de- um, design that matches their tool set and also, again, um, as mentioned in the last podcast, <laughs> um, what there were limitations with some developers I've worked with. So I had to learn how to adjust my designs to what they could do at the time. So is that purely kind of component, you know, learning about coding components or was it more of a kind of product as a whole, you know, learning? I would say it's a product as a whole. Um, And yeah, this is where the limitations came in in terms of the animations I could do. Um, But yeah, it was mainly the whole product, the whole feel of the product um, and certain features it could have. Mm -hmm. So Ross, what's your kind of take on designers as they enter the development world from whatever angle they do yeah why uh why not i guess is the easy answer the easy answer um i don't have any qualms with designers and developers uh you know working on the same product or even the same uh code base um as long as obviously there's i think just this they have to understand and kind of respect the kind of development workflows and learn also about that it's not just about learning to code it's also about how to work in a team um you know how to do source control all, all the different things that come along with development um yeah i'm a big advocate of that because it's essentially you are joining the development team if you're doing any development yeah and kind of starting off with that like you said base of html and css can kind of steer you in the right direction for for learning the other stuff which will be valuable to kind of developers on the team such as source control i find there's an increasing trend of designers that want to learn how to code and how to develop why do you think that is? Well, I mean, just from like the early stages when I was going from university to a full-time job, there was a lot of um, demand for designers that could code as well. Um, I never understood it. I never understood until I was actually in it. Um, and I just, I generally think it's also, um, it just goes back to my, the statement I made before, which is, fortunately and unfortunately, I've worked with developers who have not been able to code what I've designed um, and have not been pixel perfect for what I wanted so even going down to the deeper things like line height, kerning even the typefaces I choose um, those those choices can seem a bit tedious um, to the developers I've worked with so it's always, I always used to have to go back into the code, um, change it up change up the CSS um, to match how the designs looked mm-hmm. um, so that was the benefit I felt of learning to code because it was always 
it felt quicker that way because I wasn't always having to explain why certain elements had to be a certain way um, and why I've justified it to the left or like, yeah. So those were the benefits of me learning how to code. And that, that kind of demand you mentioned about employers looking for designers that could do so, was it more kind of web orientated stuff? that you were you were looking at 100% um i'm di- i i love the idea of digital design um so that's something i wanted to jump on very early um and i think especially if you're jumping into a very bootstrap startup kind of company um they will want a whole um a all-rounded um designer um yeah so yeah and even though my last employer he tried to get me to code a whole website when i had barely an experience in coding so it's just an example the dem- like what's expected from an early stage of a designer yeah i think it as well it depends on the uh kind of uh goal and aspiration of that designer whether they want to become i'm going to use the term like full stack designer but yeah. it's not yeah you kind of get what i mean where they can essentially do the whole spectrum of well the whole spectrum of a product from inception to actually delivering the product if that's kind of what you want to you know market yourself as in terms in your career mm-hmm. then yeah, you obviously you got to get stuck in with those products and, and at some point take, you know, it might be that you take that opportunity where you're you're given a whole project and you've not had much experience. That's the only way you're going to learn. It's the same with development. Like, the only way yeah. you learn is, is by doing that. And that full-stack designer, so... Um, yeah, is that right? Is that the right term? Um, I've never used the term full-stack designer, but... <laughs> I've seen someone use it. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, have a look. So is that... <coughs> would it be, again, as I mentioned, kind of like web projects? So... Um, would be kind of delivered by that f- full stack. Well, yeah, essentially, um, that's that's the way I that's the way I've always seen it um, to learn code. Um, however, there are other reasons you should learn code, um, such as ebooks. Um, some of them actually div- um, you need development and you need print design um, knowledge. Oh, uh, yeah. That's something I also learned at university, but I didn't pursue because I didn't find it as interesting. Have you got got the information? Yeah, so full stack is kind of covering. And, and the definition is loose, but it's between the stages of UX design, so researching wireframing, up to front-end development, including front-end development. And then every everything like back-end dev, uh, mm-hmm. databases, is someone else. Oh, then. So I want to touch upon that later, the like how far that can go. But I wanted to also speak about the kind of drawbacks or why a designer maybe shouldn't, shouldn't pursue it as much. Because we've spoken about kind of these problems before Mm -hmm. one of them being that you don't want designers to limit their creativity or designs based based upon their knowledge of development do you want to elaborate on that yeah so it's it's simply the case of um yeah not trying to stifle any creativity or uh creative input from the design team uh due to technical limitations that you're putting in from early early days uh you don't want to kind of limit the products or limit anything to do with the product simply because of technical limitations because I'm quite an advocate that you can kind of get around anything any challenge uh, it's just a matter of scale or, or time so whilst whilst it does have to be that communication I don't think it should be there from day zero I think it should come in a bit later than that is my personal opinion anyway yeah um, I've actually had a had a few days to actually think about that <laughs> yeah, yeah and I do in a sense I do actually agree in a sense that there shouldn't be a limitation. However, I do also think there should be a sense of reality Yeah. Um, whenever mm-hmm. whenever designing something. Um, and there should be a reality of how long it will take. Um, 
there was a lot of miscommunication with some developers I've worked with. Um, I would come up with concepts and they would say they, they can do it, but they will never translate how difficult it would be to do um, until it was too late. So then it wasn't, it was mainly not them telling me, oh, don't design like that. It was me thinking if I design this, I'm going to encounter the same problems again. Yeah. So I think over time I have become way, way more creative, but then I do appreciate that reality moment I had. Absolutely, yeah. I think that comes down to kind of uh, experience you gain over time working with a team. Um, I think that's just, yeah. Yeah, once kind of you skill you pick up. Once you start understanding that reality, that you're kind of on your way to that full stack label almost because you can you understand those designs that are realistic. Um, and I, I was going to say, it's always you can always push the boat out mm-hmm. a bit more with the design, and then when it comes to development. You know, you can kind of look it in, rein it in. Yeah. So the other day for one of our products, we had a selection of a 360 image. A, You know, we wanted to do a fancy UX. Mm. Um, what do you call it? Event? <laughs> <laughs> Something along those lines. But we kind of had a plan A and plan B yes. in place. So we're like, <coughs> plan A, this would be really cool to have. Be a really cool feature. And then we kind of looked at it saw there were going to be some problems in the development and it's doable yeah it would have been doable but well that wasn't even a technical limitation it was it was actually like the kind of usability side of it as well crept in um yeah i I think the whole having a plan b side of things as well and again that comes with like close collaboration uh comes with kind of okay and and as rizzo was kind of picking up on like you kind of get oh that might be quite difficult Therefore, maybe we should explore other options or at least gauge like what our other options could be in the event that we can't do plan plan A. Exactly. Um, and yeah, I just want to quickly take a step back to what you're saying about the cons. Mm. Um, and I want to also say it's kind of like a hybrid car. Like um, saying you're a full stack designer means you have to have skills spread out across the whole spectrum. Um, whereas I feel you're not going to be as strong in certain areas. So it's not going to always be consistent. Um, unless you have years of experience. Um, so I think the con, sorry, I think I should have started with that. The con is um, you're ne- um, if, you're, if you're pursuing code at the same time as design, one is always going to suffer whilst you're trying to learn the other thing. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the cons. Yeah, so as a designer, you know, you're saying kind of you've, you've built up your arsenal of design tools and now you can kind of start exploring the development without your design suffering exactly yeah i think because uh, development kind of side of this also suffers from this same thing where design is kind of like a bucket and people don't realize that there's actually like you know there's it's such a broad topic um same with development i think my audio just cut, cut out but okay um is it still going yeah can you hear me yeah yeah but i can't hear myself i can hear you all right okay i'll start again so i think I think one of the things that design suffers from, and it's the same as development, is that design uh, is a broad, broad topic. So development has front-end, back-end, databases, um, you know, animators, uh, and some people, you know, some people on large teams work on, like, some elements within, like, a form. Like, it is crazy scale on some companies. And design is exactly the same in that if you go to a large company, you'll get people that are working on a very small projects in you know in terms of scale like I, when i went to a conference last year there was these guys that worked from facebook and all they worked on was uh the little commenting box 
within like a Facebook uh, thread. Yeah. And that's that's all they worked on. They worked on that for like six months, just just perfecting that and doing A/B testing and all that. So there's this huge um, breadth of kind of topics within design itself, and then you're stretching it beyond that to go into development topics. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's just you're getting that breadth rather than yeah. Depth. So I guess we're coming at it of a bias being a, such a small team uh, working on products in Rizard as well. You're mentioning that you've your, your history's been small teams, um, where that kind of div- wide range of skills is probably highly appreciated and in demand yeah um and i feel um obviously facebook has their reasons for having designers work on such um particular elements um but that's that's necessarily why i didn't pursue like working in a bigger company just because you're given such focused tasks that you never get a chance to explore um which is yeah this which is why i like the idea of um being able to expand from from UX to UI, then also looking at the research side, um, and yeah, learning all elements. But yeah, as I said, the cons is cons are I won't have as much experience as the people that are working on the comments mm. um, on that tool, but I have a general, more general idea. All right, so I'm gonna build, touch the full stack designer again, and I'm gonna talk about prototyping. And specifically, prototyping in React, okay. JS, and kind of the benefits of knowing that for designer. So I think React JS JavaScript framework for front end, um, and I'd say that's that's probably pushing that uh, skill of a designer that has done some front end web development stuff. Um, it's a bit more challenging yeah. coming from my experience of learning it from just HTML CSS. Mm-hmm. But it can be very beneficial, especially in a small team and also a large team. So I was kind of looking at some of the benefits of that for a designer in kind of bigger company or even a smaller company. And it means that the designer can kind of come up with a feature or even a prototype of a web page that's functional and they can take it to the team and have a fully fledged designed and functional prototype, Mm -hmm. which can be hugely beneficial to show how those designs uh, working and it's kind of like a step up from Envision and kind of taking those uh, clickable elements. Yeah, I mean, um, you can also look at tools like Framer, for example. Um, even though they don't, um, they use a very basic version of JavaScript, there is still an element of code so you can show the interactivity of it. Um, and there are other stuff, um, There's, I think it's called Origami, I can't remember that one, but um, there are many prototyping tools that do do um, that do that um the reason i would always say lean to react um because that's something i'm currently exploring to learn um it's just because not only is it a prototype it's also it's actually something you can put up it's something that actually works um and something that can be shared with the team they can always adapt it and always um, link the back end to it um which i think is a huge benefit um 100 percent yeah yeah i think <laughs> it's it's difficult so my my experience when i've worked with people that have done this particular thing yeah. it might not necessarily be react but it might be something where they've gone and made a little mock-up or mm-hmm. a, a prototype or a product is um they've then presented it to whoever it is that they need to get buy-in from and then everyone goes okay cool let's start development and then you know that product is never used again so it, i find in practice whilst it seems like oh that it will be used it, it rarely is and because mm. And it's it's not to say like the quality of that designer's code is not great. It's just not not they're not prepared to accept it and adopt it as their own. 
And so there's still that thing. So it kind of starts being a wasted effort. Interesting, yeah. Um, so I think tools like Framer, where it's kind of halfway house, is probably as far as I would say, like, to go in terms of uh, effort spent, unless you're starting to start getting developers developers involved early on, earlier on. But at that point, I think that's when you should be like, okay, let's get buy-in. Yeah, that's interesting. It's 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 difficult because you're, you're getting into the realm there where you are becoming that full stack, and then it's like, okay... As I was saying earlier, it's the the rules apply, the developer rules apply. Mm-hmm. You need to be following a certain level of code standard and all that because if you want this adopted, you have to d- follow those rules. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see how kind of designers use React. Do they use it as a kind of like, uh, like use this code base or they do, do they use it as a demonstration and a really rapid kind of prototype? And I guess if you kind of design the prototype with the React kind of component based mm-hmm. in mind, that can kind of have a effect, a good effect for developers in the longer run. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean it's breaking it down like but that. It also that also really depends on how good of a developer the designer is themselves. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. Yeah, yeah. Just because, yeah, I can. I mean, if I went to go and code something in React, I'm sure you guys would hate it. <laughs> like, it's um. So I feel that can also be a huge disadvantage because um you spent so much time coding something you hand it over and as you said you have to follow certain rules um rust when you're when you're doing these things and as i know if something's messy going around trying to organize it and clean it is probably the most tedious and annoying thing Mm. um, for a developer it it can be but it's also yeah i think it's just kind of one of those things where it's the same with kind of your designs like you just don't don't take it personally like it's not Mm. it's not anything to do it's just like it's a method of feedback just being like okay you know it's actually validation to be like okay your your ideas are great like and you know this will be great but we can't use your code because of yeah. the x y and it's a, yeah it's the same as design you just can't really take it personally yeah that makes sense it makes sense if if i'm a designer listening to this podcast because they're subscribed to airbyte uk of on course. twitter um how would you kind of advise them and, and at the moment they're doing ux ui but they're like i've always wanted to learn how to code um Gosh, okay, that's that's a that's a tough one because um I feel the reason I've learned this much code is because of the job I was in. Um if you are interested in code, I would 100% say, um say pursue it. Um look into it. It is never invaluable, it's always valuable. Um and yeah, I mean that's that's the best thing I can say, but just if you feel like you want to have a focus, um go for that focus. It's, otherwise you will skew off a bit and things will get a bit um long yeah <laughs> so put, your, put yourself in an environment that's kind of set up to allow you to experiment and and exactly you know whether it's in development or something else exactly cool okay cheers for that Rizard. on the next episode we're gonna switch it around and we're gonna be talking about the design skills of developer and kind of does a developer pursue design do they learn the fundamentals so make sure you stay tuned for that one that should be coming out very soon thanks a lot thanks guys thank you bye